We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The hottest next tape you'll find online. Next all day. We bleed blue and orange. This is Knicks Fan TV, your one-stop shop for the ultimate New York Knicks fan experience. News, rumors, debates, post-game live streams featuring live callers. Let's go Knicks, baby! And now, your host, CP, the NY Fanatic. We got uh, some intel on the Knicks draft. We're hearing about two prospects that the Knicks like at the 27th and 38th pick. So we have Ethan Pachota coming on later on and talk about it. We're also going to talk about some news that uh, transpired over the weekend, including the official return of Coach Mike Woodson coming back. But first, we have to pay tribute uh, to one of the legends of the sport, man. Because, you know, as Knicks fans, we always, you know, salute Patrick Ewing. But uh, there would be no Patrick Ewing or the legend of Patrick Ewing without the the legendary coach of Georgetown basketball. And, and that was John Thompson. And, and you know, John Thompson's impact was not just on Patrick or, or the Georgetown basketball program. But um, his impact on the culture at large was, was certainly felt. So joining us tonight to uh, pay tribute to, to Coach Thompson is an icon himself, friend mm-hmm. of the program, Jails, Chuck D in the building. Chuck, how you doing tonight? What's up, gents? Uh, I, I'm an icon. I, <laughs> I don't know about icon. A lot, a lot of cons running around these days, man. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, but... Um, I had the word play. Hey, <laughs> hey, 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 you know, uh, Coach Thompson, man, you know, at 78, um, you have to salute that life. Um, even in the times that we have, you know, some people consider that like being shortened. My, my, my dad passed at 77. I felt like he had a, a full life, but at the same time, you feel that, damn, make it to 85 or 90 or 80 or whatever. Right. So, so a lot of times you hear people say, wow, he's still kind of passed kind of young, but in retrospect with what happened this week weekend, when, you know, Cliff Robinson, 53. Come on, man. It's like, and there's so many people checking out their 40s and their 50s, man, on the last, you know, five months, man. And and, and it's just not a... a, Chadwick Boseman as well. Yeah, I mean, 43, man. 43. 43. And kind of struck, that struck me because it it came out of what we call nowhere. Mm -hmm. 
So in retrospect, when you talk about John Thompson, you're like, okay. And then we talk about the magnitude of a guy like John Thompson, because uh, in the seventies and eighties sports had that magnitude of, of at least the microphone in the camera was there for the athletes. If it wasn't there as much for entertainers, uh, Muhammad Ali set that off because when they was talking about his boxing feats, he would grab the mic and first give praise due to Allah and then talk about what he wanted to talk about, even though the question might've been something else. Mm -hmm. And so that whole, that, that was, that still was a rarity all the way up to the eighties and nineties. You have Reggie Jackson in New York and he was a guy who who would be called outspoken, but um, you got the, the reverence that John Thompson was somebody's father and he was a father figure. And later on when we had the, we had the pleasure of hearing John Thompson on uh, color commentary on NBA games, as well as the NCAAs. I think he was also doing some of those games. You was hearing the the, the assuredness of 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 a black man who wasn't uh, compromising all the time, mm-hmm. bowing down, changing the tone in his voice. You know, to, just to fit mm-hmm. in. He was he's a proud black man. You you're not going to be unproud playing next to Bill Russell anyway. You're going to come out of that Bill Russell aura (laughs) and say, not only was he a backup, he wasn't a backup to Bill Russell, he was a player in Bill Russell's sphere. Mm -hmm. So um, I first got the vibe on John Thompson following Georgetown, because at that period, the Big East, and y'all might want to agree or disagree, but the Big East to me, or I should say the NCAAs, from 1975, to 1985 was just as big as the NBA, if not bigger. Mm. And when you talk about the NCAAs from 80, from 75 to 85, you got to talk about the Big East from 80 to 85, and you could go on further. But that that 10 year period, mm. and John Thompson was in the middle of that mix along with Conaseca and Massimino and Bayheim and people like that. But there was a solid structure of this dude who somehow permeated that father figure, that uncompromising voice to be able to have us say, oh, I mean, things are tight there. Had us all believing in the street or in our hood, so to speak, that Georgetown was a damn near HBCU, (laughs) which it it wasn't, man. It was like the furthest. I spoke at Georgetown twice, man. And the first time I spoke, I was like, damn, it's like, 3% 3% black people here. It was almost like Harvard. And um, but the but the atmosphere that John Thompson said, I'm gonna be at this school, but I'm gonna bring in who you least expect. And not only that, every single one of my ball players are gonna use this university mm-hmm. and they're gonna graduate. That was the mind-blowing thing. So when I follow the beginning of Georgetown, you have to talk about I think Michael Jackson, Sleepy Floyd. And then they recruited this young man from up in Boston named Patrick Ewan, which just changed the whole atmosphere on everything. And um, and the fact that John Thompson and Patrick Ewing uh, formed their bond. And understand this, is John, Patrick Ewing caught heat ever since he was in Boston mm-hmm. with the whole atmosphere up in that, in right. that area, racism, like running rampant. Mm-hmm. And John Thompson was that father figure that came along, his sports father figure that said, I will protect you and I will not let this 
overrun you or any one of these gentlemen because these gentlemen I brought into the school, not only they will prove the opposite, they're going to get their degrees and we're going to just be, you know, we stand in tall. And um, even like we were talking about John Thompson later on, he brings what? Michael Graham. Before Patrick Ewing and Charles Oakley, the first bodyguard for Patrick <laughs> Ewing was Michael Graham with the bald head, you know, in a time where Cats was wearing not only afros, but they were wearing matted down jerry curled afros. <laughs> his brother <laughs> with the ball head, man. And, 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 and before Mike Jordan, man, Patrick Ewing was the fashion statement dude with the t-shirt behind the jersey, right? Right, right. Which everybody caught fire on, mm -hmm. and then the Georgetown jackets, which signified the first hood starter jackets. And matter of fact, if you had one of those. I mean, it legitimized you even if you were illegit. So <laughs> that that cultural thing was that bond, as well as the NCAA being a focal point that everybody looked at as being some really top-notch, legitimate basketball. We looked at the Big East because in the late 70s and the early 80s, <laughs> it was like our times recently with the Knicks. It was rough, man. Mm -hmm. But we could look at St. John's, we could look at the Big East, and it was bigger for us in the area than the NCAAs, man. I think one year we had three of the of the final four in the NCAAs, and it was it was real ball, man. So um, I, I I was asked this question earlier by my man Dana uh, Scott, who actually writes for the Arizona Republic, and he asked me about like all right his relationship with Allen Iverson, his relationship with uh, Matambo and Morning and Patrick and, and all the other players with, you know, with, you know, Wingate and all those guys. But I remember very clearly, just to give you a little bit of OJ, OG memory, his consoling the Adelaide Stevenson graduate from the Bronx, Freddie Brown at 6'5". I thought Freddie Brown, man, was going to go NBA for real. I want to mm -hmm. talk about a point guard, 6'5". He was a chipper. He passes the ball to Worthy after Michael Jordan hits that shot where he became Mike Michael Jordan mm -hmm. after Mike Jordan. Mm -hmm. And then Georgetown had the chance to get them back and Freddie Brown got mixed up. You know, the uniforms were kind of crazy too and he passes the Worthy to goes to finishes off the game. But I remember John Thompson consoling Freddie Brown almost to a point that says, yo, son, this is just a game, man. This ain't life. And I think if somebody asked Fred Brown, who many people probably forgot about, I think John Thompson being there for Freddie Brown was somebody who was able to look at that in a perspective of life as that was just a game, man. Those guys went to Georgetown, they got their degrees or they used Georgetown to their advantages as, as black men in this, in this world, in this country. Yeah, you, you mentioned his role as a father figure, and even though Georgetown had that style of physical and defense and that tenacity, uh, on the other end, as you said, being a father figure, you know, guys like AI can attest to it, Alonzo Mourning, Patrick Ewing, right. I said that, you know, Patrick Ewing's mother uh, made sure that, that he went to a school like at Georgetown because John Thompson could be that that mentor, that father figure to him. You know, they had yeah. a, uh, a chief academic advisor sitting on the bench making sure that these guys were doing their thing in school as well. I no think doubt. The, the, the timing of his passing, when you look at 
you know, the issues now that the NBA is facing with the players protesting and things of that nature and some of the backlash. And then when you look at a role that John Thompson had as kind of a, a trailblazer in terms of, you know, getting more exposure for black coaches himself, he himself, you know, organizing a protest 1989 Georgetown versus yeah. Boston College in terms of uh, protesting Prop 48. Yes. which the NCAA had instituted to kind of um, raise the testing standards in, in terms of, you know, how which players could could enroll in which schools. And John Thompson saying, you know, this was disproportionately uh, uh, affecting our kids from the inner cities who may not have the quality education as the other kids in, in terms of, you know, getting into our schools. So John Thompson was certainly um, a trailblazer in that regard. Yeah, he he always made sure that it wasn't about the X's and O's on the courts. He was always in the back rooms looking at, you know, he walk in the back rooms and cats start to put their pens and pads so <laughs> on the left to the right of them a little differently, man. So um, you need that. You need, and then you always need, you know, the, uh, the OG consigliere in the room that the advisor that comes in and tells you, you know, what the boundaries are, when to pump the brakes, when to pump the gas. And uh, John Thompson was clear about that. And, um, it, like I said, we, we know him as a Georgetown coach, but before John Thompson was a Georgetown coach, um, he was a player at Providence of, of high note, Lenny Wilkins, uh, and, and went to Providence as well. And then he went to the Celtics and, you know, you in the realm of Bill Russell. So, and, and being friends with Bill Russell, you, I mean, you wasn't being a part of the Celtics, the all black squad that people don't give props to. So, John Thompson knew when talking to Patrick Ewan what, what the dynamics that that young man came from and he was there to protect him, but also tell him in a point of direction that this is going to work for you as a man. And, and you also mentioned the uh, the Georgetown starter jackets. You know, the, the way that they cover the game today, it, it's not just the players that are playing on the court. It's the fashion, the, the sneakers, the, you know, right. uh, what Westbrook is wearing and so on. And obviously the, the music, but now, you know, the, the jacket is actually in the, in the um, African-American museum. In, in DC. As it should be. As and then, it should and be. then you have the, the Nike Terminator. So you can go all the way back to the mid eighties to really see the, the, uh, the start of that confluence between basketball, hip hop, and just the overall culture. Yeah, it's, it's you call it BM before Mike, you know. <laughs> and, and Mike doesn't, you know. I mean, you everybody's seen the Last Dance and stuff like that, and I've commented on many, um, uh, uh, you know, because when it, when culture crosses over in the sports in the in the '80s during R and B, and that was Reagan and Bush, these the sports had to speak loud to us as giving us some kind of vision to look at. So that's why I'm called in to talk about sports, at least from an OG perspective now because I remember because I, I wanted to become a sportscaster so I could make a, a lot of comparisons and analogies I mean as accurate as I possibly can and before Mike you know like I said people saw the last dance and they're like oh but I remember Mike doesn't get the real legitimate hip-hop props if Spike Lee doesn't bring Mars Blackman right, into right. the table so right. Mars Blackman Brooklyn Michael Jordan, born in Brooklyn, and then his game spoke for him after those things start to kick in. So, you know, before that, you know, you couldn't sleep on Georgetown and Patrick Ewing and what John Thompson had brought to the table as an all-black team 
and the most popular in uh, NCAA period that we've had and we've seen. A- a- absolutely, man. And, and uh, you know, they would say that you were one of the first artists to really start wearing the snapbacks of, of the Raiders <laughs> and Georgetown and Detroit Pistons and not necessarily as a fan of, of, of those teams, but what they really meant to the culture. Yeah, it behooved me because, um, I mean, I, on the takes a nation of millions to hold us back, I wear Raiders snapback right. because I wanted to wear a black hat. And, and what the Raiders stood for is Oakland, and Oakland, the Black Panthers. So I wanted to get that across. So it wasn't, and although it was a, at Los Angeles Raiders, but I knew the Raiders to me growing up meant Oakland. So mm-hmm. if I'm wearing, you know, um, uh, a New York hat, I'm wearing a New York hat. People don't know this is New York Giants, Willie Mays, before it became the Mets and all that. So I've always wore the gear to represent something a little deeper than just what people have on the on the front guard. I wore the P because of Roberto Clemente, not just public enemy. And when you get into Roberto Clemente, you get in the dynamics of of what he meant for for his people, giving the Latino community and North and South and Central America and the Caribbean a voice with his, but as well following, following him uh, for his dynamic play as well. But there's always something deeper. And when we were able to get the official uh, sports hats and gear, because that we, we couldn't get that stuff in the 70s. I remember very clearly taking my magic marker and trying to make a Braves or a Mets jersey out of a t-shirt, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and coloring it in with, with, with paints and stuff like that. And, and it was a licensing situation that would not really let these teams sell stuff into the marketplace. So they were hard to get. But in the 80s, you know, some things happened. They, they let up and Starter had the first licenses, uh, licenses to actually go in and, and, and get the actual you know, if that wasn't a hundred percent authentic, they was really close. Mm-hmm. And um, so therefore that resonated. If you saw something on television, you wanted to have that same thing. You didn't want to have a knockoff, you know. Right. And I don't want to get started in into the Dollar Tree font because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing worse than getting Dollar Tree hate mail, man. No, I, Cause, I, I cause hate they it. got me get hate mail from Dollar Tree, man, with, um. with, with, crook, with crooked fonts, man, and misspelled words. So, <laughs> uh, I always think about that biggie. Uh, so when Tiger's on your shirts and alligators, yeah, man. <laughs> uh, absolutely, man. Well, well, yeah, Chuck, you man. know, th- this has been yeah. such a somber year. You know, like a year of loss. You know, from Co- you know, you came on and and uh, you know talked about Kobe back in February, and now we in this whole weekend we had Black, Chad, we Black closed, Mamba, man. Black yeah. Mamba, and Black Panther. Go figure, right? Black Mamba, and Black Panther, man, and and uh, such a shame, yeah. such a shame. But you know, I, I love having these conversations with you, and and we can really archive these conversations for you know years to come for people to really learn about who these people were and the legacies that they leave. So we, right. we definitely appreciate you giving us the time and no, you, you're no. a busy guy. We know the album's yeah. coming out next month. So. Uh, oh, well, you know, man, it, these things, those things take care of itself, man. I, yeah. I, I do a trillion interviews and that's a just, that's a visit to Def Jam. Flavor wanted to be with major league and I like to do independent. <laughs> so that's a compromise to flavor flays so let's go to the def jam pay some visits and stuff like that but we have a bigger thing at, at hand it's like uh it's a time to use a record not for the record sense 
it's well, it's time to make a statement. And if people could say, well, the platform for a record is just a statement of one line, it's like, what you going to do when the grid goes down? When they come and play these tricks, man, we got less than 75 days to go to a November. Be prepared either yeah. way, you know, be ready either way. Prepare yourself, be heady, be smart. Um, these are unprecedented times. And um, I mean, it's just, it, it's just not a time to kind of be backwards and on some dumb issue. I yeah. mean, it, it's really a, a serious time. If somebody just feels that, yo, I don't feel like you feel, you look at your elders and look at your children if you got if you ain't got neither then you might have some points from your individual self but most people that i know not only got elders still they got they got uh their, their children and they got their grandchildren right. so you have to kind of like you know be some solid ground give some advice and figure out how you keep afloat and um there's no time for micro differences out there, uh, I, I I personally feel that it's either or, and I do feel in this thing it's so polarized. It's like it's a side that might not admit, but with all the, the stuff that comes out that says that it kind of hates you <laughs> versus the side that you're on. And before you get into who feels about whatever on the side that you're on. You gotta neutralize the side that hates you, man. So I mean, I put that out there. I'll leave that there. That let's get back the ball. Let's talk about some things. And it's great that you guys um, put out, you know, a little one on, on, onto the surface about, you know, uh, the great John Thompson. Absolutely, man. Well, Chuck, we definitely appreciate it all the time, OG. Uh, sure. Be safe out there, and and uh, hope yep. we do it again. Yes, sir. Yes, gents. Y'all take care. Keep doing your thing. I'll catch you on the other side. Take care, Chuck. Thanks a lot. Yep. 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 The great Chuck D. Salute to everybody in the chat. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Back yes, at sir. it again, man. Another quality, quality interview. You know, we had to commemorate, uh, you know, the, the passing of John Thompson, man. He, he's a he's a pillar, Jailers. He's he's an absolute pillar yeah, in, of our community. And, and you know, again, you can't talk Patrick Ewing without going back to the essence and, and saluting John Thompson, man, and what he brought to the game, you know. Ewan, Matumbo, Alonzo Mourning, Allen Iverson, you know, the names go on. They all attribute, you know, their success, their upgrading. You know, Allen Iverson said John Thompson saved his life. Yeah. You know, Alonzo Mourning said John Thompson saved his life. That's that's major. That is major. That's major. Like, when you read the stories of John Thompson and what he did, uh, it's apparent, like, the, the impact is, just surpasses just basketball. He just impacts people's lives. And when you lose somebody like that, it hurts a little bit more. Like just to yeah, know that yeah. he just cares. No, it's not just about basketball. I'm just looking out for your well-being. I'm 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 gonna fight for you. I'm gonna stop drug dealers. I'm going to go the extra mile to 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 fight for the people who I care about. So salute to John Thompson and everything he's done for this world. Yeah, absolutely. Well said, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. And tonight's show, as usual, is sponsored by the good people at Manscaped, the official men's grooming tool of Knicks Post Game Live. Uh, this this is the tool for you guys, man. The number one men's grooming tool. It's a uh, brand new design, ceramic blade, skin safe technology, LED light. You could use it in the shower. It's waterproof. Wireless as well, excellent battery life. And uh, for tonight's show, go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping on all products and purchases with promo code NYX. So go to mm-hmm. www.manscaped.com, 
promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping. All right. So a um, couple other things transpired over the weekend, JLs. I, I got some intel. Okay. I did receive some intel. And, and when the birdies are chirping, I like to bring it back to the group so that we can discuss. Um, one of the things I heard was in reference to uh, the Knicks draft. And, you know, we have the number eight pick, yes. But we also have 27 and right. uh, 38 Mm-hmm. So the two names that I'm hearing that the Knicks love right now at those positions, the two the two names that I'm hearing is one Cassius Stanley out of Duke and right. Robert Woodard the second out of Mississippi State. And so we're gonna bring in my guy um Ethan uh Piotta from the Prospect Podcast. Um we're gonna bring in Ethan. He does a, a lot of great work with mock drafts and prospect analysis as well. So um let me unmute him and get him in here. Ethan, let me know when, when you can uh, when you can hear us. You guys can hear me? Yep, loud and clear, man. How you doing, bro? Thanks for coming back on the show. How's everything going? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you guys uh, having me back on. Absolutely, right. man. So, as I was saying, two of the names that I'm hearing is uh, one cash is Stanley. Uh, with the Knicks that they're loving at the, between 27 and 38 and also Robert Woodard. Uh, you've done considerable work on, on these guys. Let's start with um, Stanley first. W- what do you think about Cassius Stanley? Tell the folks a little bit about Cassius Stanley and, and what, and what you like about him. Right. So uh, two names that make, that make a lot of sense for the Knicks at the end of the first round, for sure. Uh, I'd say these should be just to preface. These should be completely off limits at, at number seven. <laughs> Uh, but Cassius Stanley at the end of the first round, uh, you're talking about a guy I've watched him in high school, played against him in high school a few times, extreme athletic upside, uh, had a really nice year at Duke this year. Actually a funny stat that I read on him or when I was actually watching film and I noticed every single three pointer that he shot, every single three pointer that he made was off an assist this entire year, uh, at Duke, which kind of tells you a little bit about his offensive equity or lack thereof doesn't have a lot of creation value right now offensively uh but he's someone that can definitely grow into that three and d mold um and to be honest with you he's not quite there fully on on either aspect yet i definitely buy his shooting a little bit more than his defense uh what's intriguing about stanley is just that overall athletic upside that i kind of talked about if he can kind of put those tools together defensively to become more efficient more and uh more intelligent off the ball He's going to be a defensive nightmare on that side. Uh, this is a guy that, if, you, if you've seen his, some of his training videos, I mean, he's doing ridiculous dunks in the gym. He's been like that for a while. Uh, and what I think is really interesting with Stanley is you're going to get a guy who's got a really good base to build upon with just his athleticism alone, his potential three-point shooting in the future, and his defense. But also going back to his high school days at Sierra Canyon, at Harvard-Westlake, before that in California, uh, he was the guy. He was the guy that had the ball in his hands. He was creating for others. He was creating for himself. Uh, we saw none of that this year at Duke. Mm. Uh, and I think if he's able to unlock just a little bit of that, uh, it's going to up his ceiling a lot. Because right now he's someone who has, I would say, considerably high floor with his shooting and with his athletic package. Uh, I, I think he has a lot of untapped potential as well. Uh, I don't know how much translates to the NBA level if he didn't do much at college, but Watching him, you know, a good amount in high school, going back through his high school tape as well, he was a guy that had the ball in his hands a lot more uh, offensively than he did at Duke. I like buying that as part of his, you know, potential upside package. 
Interesting. When you say, um, you know, the limitations from a shot creation standpoint, is that based on how he was used at Duke? Or, or do you think, you know, that just might be the type of guy that he is, just just more of a finisher uh, and a potential 3 and D uh, type of ceiling? Right. I think it's a little bit of both. I, I think how he was used at Duke uh, alongside guys like Trey Jones and obviously Vernon Carey had the ball a lot in the post. Uh, they didn't have as much of a need for him to, to create. Uh, for whatever reason, I, I thought that was something going into this year that was going to be a lot of a, of a bigger part of his game was just his creation because that's what we saw so much in high school, especially on those great Sierra Canyon teams uh, that he played with his last few years. Um, but, I mean, it, it all comes down to are, are you, you know, are there people obviously within front offices willing to go back and buy that potential upside that we saw in high school because it's there. He was, he was someone that had the ball a lot in high school. He was creating his own shot. Uh, and like I said, uh, it, it kind of just tells the story with his with his limitations this year at Duke is that he really just didn't get that opportunity. Uh, I, I think it's a it's a good blend of both. And again, it, it's hard to project, you know, if this prospect Cassius Stanley didn't, you know, have this much offensive creation equity in college, and he's mm-hmm. he's basically taken a year off from it. How much is going to really translate to the NBA? And it's it, that's I mean. If you're buying that part of his game, which is obviously it's a little bit far fetched, but I definitely would put you know put some stock into it. That definitely ups his uh, his his value and his ceiling a lot more. Got it, got it. Uh, how about Robert Woodard out of Mississippi State? <clears throat> really interesting prospect here. Someone I, I've I've risen on a lot, uh, and to be quite honest with you, is just during the season did not watch many Mississippi State games. Uh, but Robert Woodard. Really interesting skill set. This is a guy who's six seven with a seven one wingspan, uh, and he shoots forty three percent from three. So wow. you know, just those three numbers alone are going to uh, draw the attention of a lot of scouts of a lot of teams. Uh, the biggest thing with Woodard is, you know, watching his progression from his freshman to sophomore year. He he rose his three point percentage up about fifteen points this year to forty three percent. Uh, the biggest thing is it's still only on about two point, I think three attempts per game. Uh, so you'd like to see that number increase a little bit in volume just to, you know, uh, get a better sense of what he could provide. Uh, I think offensively, he's pretty limited in terms of where he could go. Uh, this is a guy again, kind of like Stanley, but I would say even a higher floor than Stanley in terms of just what he can bring because he's such a freak athlete. Again, at six seven, and you're talking about a guy again seven one wingspan. I've heard some people bounce the idea of him playing like a small ball five around at the next mm-hmm. level, uh, which is kind of crazy to me. But again, combo forward, so he's going to be able to play both the power and the small forward positions. Uh, I think defensively is going to be where he makes his name in the NBA uh, because although he did shoot forty three percent, you want those attempts to go up. Uh, that number is probably going to dip down into the low 30s next year. He wasn't a great free, free, you know, free throw percentage, uh, free throw shooter. There isn't a lot of positive indicators to just full on buy his shot to be, you know, absolutely elite at the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, so defensively, him guarding, you know, one through four with his athleticism. If you can, you know, play around with him in, in those in those five and four spots, just using his athleticism, his his vertical. Uh, in different situations, defensively, he could be an absolute monster and could also, you know, not be op- unplayable offensively by being able to just knock down the three-pointer. Mm-hmm. But, you know, other than that, offensively, he's got really limited playmaking. Uh, his assisted turnover ratio is, is super far down. He's not someone that's going to be creating his own shot, mm-hmm. I-, I think, at any point in his career. 
Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him, you know, with his tools, with his athleticism and his size and his wingspan, I'd like to see him become a lot better around the rim. Uh, I, I, you know, most of his, his finishes this year were just kind of bunnies and, and wide open shots. And I, I'd like to see him expand on that because, you know, with those tools, uh, I think that definitely could rise his upside a lot. Uh, if you're drafting Woodard at 27, which I, I don't think is a, or is it 27 or 25? I don't think it's a, it's a bad pick at all. Um, but again, he's someone that's going to be that defensive monster at some point in his career, most likely. Uh, but you know, past that, there's not a lot to, to build around with him. I think he's got a pretty high floor and a low ceiling, uh, even with his, his athletic tools, his wingspan and all those other factors. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, when you consider 27 and 38, you, you're probably looking for guys that can, yes, contribute, but can that can fill a role, right? And and then if you continue to develop them, you, you see what you can get out of them. I, I think Woodard, he, he appears to be a guy, like you said, you know, with six seven seven one wingspan, you know, the wing defense on the wings is a, is a premium. You know, when you look at what these guys are Absolutely. doing in the bubble, you look at what Jimmy Butler is doing right now, you look at the freak, Siakam. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, you go on and on. Having a guy that could potentially guard four positions, maybe a little small ball five in a pinch, you know, may not be such a such a terrible idea. Absolutely, no, and these are both guys. You kind of mentioned it. They're guys you can build uh, with, not around. And I think that's you know that makes a lot of sense, especially if you're drafting someone. Uh, and who knows, you know, what's going to happen at, at seven or eight? Now it's 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 going to be. Uh, kind of Lamelo, unless a trade up happens, is, is out of the is out of the question most likely. Uh, but these are pieces that even for the future, if you're building for the future uh, in New York, they're good pieces to have because they're going to come not at a at a complete premium. They're probably both going to be there at 38, even maybe. Uh, and, and you can build with them. They're you know they're they're guys you can throw on the floor. They can do a few different things. They can have a really high impact in low usage roles. I love those kind of players. Those are definitely my favorite kind of players in the NBA because uh, they come at such a premium. Like you said, you can never have enough of those guys. You can never have enough, you know, three and D guys, guys that can make plays on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think that's really where Cassius Stanley and Robert Woodard can both make impacts in the NBA is in those low usage, high impact roles. And we're talking to Ethan Piotto, the Prospect Podcast. Ethan, right. on, based on your, your mock drafts so far, Knicks are picking at eight. Who, who have you had them picking so far? I really like Devin Vassell for the Knicks at eight, uh, and that's because I, I truly believe that Killian and LaMelo won't be there. I think if Killian or LaMelo is there at eight, they absolutely pull the trigger on one of those two guys. Uh, you know, I think they, either two of those point guards are just tremendous fits, but Devin Vassell is, is nothing to gloss over either. He's, I, I labeled him as my, my favorite prospect in the draft because I think, you know, even out of every single prospect in this class, he's the guy that I'd most be willing to bet my chips on that he would succeed in the NBA at, at, at some level uh, in some role because he's just got such a great base to build around. Uh, such a solid skill set. You're talking about a guy that's going to be an instant impact defender. Uh, he's going to be able to knock down shots at a high level uh, off the catch, off the dribble. I think that's just that's something that you can't place value on. He's probably the best team defender that I've scouted uh, throughout the few years that I've done this. He's just an, he's just a game wrecker on that side of the ball. Uh, I think if you know you put him on a team like the Knicks, and uh, he's not going to be forced to be the main guy either right away 
uh, and you kind of just let him, you know, let him build in the starting lineup off the bench a few times. Uh, he could be a really, really good piece if a few other guys are to are to come over. And uh, he's basically like, if we're talking about Woodard and Cassius Stanley, he's like the a uh, few tiers above him, in my opinion, uh, in terms of what he can do on, on both sides of the ball. Uh, just uh, just a game record. I can't stress that enough defensively. On ball, off ball. Uh, if he adds about 10, 20 pounds, it's gonna it's gonna up his ceiling as well because I mean this guy is this guy's gonna he's gonna be like a Matisse Thybul kind of impact guy defensively this year, uh, his first year in the NBA, and I think even more off ball you're gonna see it with Devin Vassell. He's just so disciplined, uh, and he really just wrecks game plans. Gonna be interesting, man. Well, we got two more months to pontificate, man, but we definitely hope to have you back on the show. Uh, to talk uh, more prospect breakdowns as well. Keep up the good work, man. Um, let the fans know where, where they could find you. You can follow me on Twitter at Ethan Piotta. You can follow my podcast at Prospect Pod. Uh, we're going to be ramping up some of our content that we're putting out, like you said, over the next uh, two months or so that we've still got to go. So appreciate you having me on. Great job, Ethan. Thanks again for coming on, man. Good to talk to you. Absolutely. Yeah. That was Ethan Piotta of the Prospect Podcast. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. So to everybody in the chat once again. So um, Stanley and Woodard, JLs. Those are the two names that I'm hearing that the Knicks absolutely love later mm-hmm. on in the first and second. And hey, listen, they, these are, uh, you know, later round picks. Obviously, we're, we're not talking star power here, but you never know. And, and you're looking for guys that you can continue to develop. Get them right. in here. Are, are these Thibodeau type of guys? These are defense first type of guys. Uh, you know, in Stanley, you're looking at a slasher type. You know, get to the rim, could, could occasionally knock down that three, but give you some solid defense. And Woodard, like I said, you, you get that Swiss Army knife that you can put out there. Twos, threes, fours, maybe small ball fives, the way he gets after it. Again, not not a bad position to fill a role on this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I heard Cassius Stanley is is iffy on defense, but I do like the the fact that he does hit the corner three at a high clip. Something that Tom Thibodeau likes to stress hitting those corner threes. But um, yeah, some solid picks at at that uh position for the Knicks and Robert Ward. Uh, he actually uh he, he's intriguing as well, man. You can't you can't hate a seven foot wingspan, man, and a guy you can switch from one to four or even five. So, um, I feel like these guys will most likely be in the G League if we do draft them. If we don't, you know, choose to package them for something else. But yeah, uh, intriguing, some intriguing draft prospects for the Knicks for sure. Hey, n- not not a bad uh, position to be in at all, man. We need to be considering assets and the development side of the house. So that that's what it is. Let's get them in here. We got some new coaches. Yep. And and, and let's see what what they do with them to get the best out of them. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. What do you guys think? Call us up six five seven three eight three one five zero nine. Just uh, finished setting up Jay Ellis here. I'm going to read some Super Chats. I see Miami beat the Bucks in the first game uh, of Whoa. tonight. Jimmy Butler Sleeper. went off. Sleeper. <laughs> Sleeper. I'm telling yeah, you, man. man. I'm telling you. Bucks, Bucks are going to get knocked off, man. They, they're going to get knocked off. Miami has a three-point shooting and a defense, man. I don't yeah. know. It's, Jimmy Butler's a sleeping giant. He's a sleeping <laughs> giant, man. I mean, again, they have the versatility. Dragic is playing unbelievable. Bam is playing well. Duncan Robertson splashing everywhere, lighting it up. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you, you have the, the, the defense of Crowder. You have Iguodala, the savvy veteran. You know, give <laughs> I hate giving credit to, to Pat the Rat, man, but damn. Yeah, man, he just keeps doing it over. Damn, does he know how to put a team together, J. Ellis, in his old age. <laughs> uh, old step. 
In his old age, does Pat the Rat know how to build a team or what, man? Man, he's like, oh, three and D, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> not a problem. I got you. Not a problem. <laughs> Every year, and then and then you're looking at Jimmy Butler and you're like, what the hell did Philly was Philly thinking, letting this guy out the door? Yeah, they tried. They tried, <laughs> they tried mean, to keep him, but he wasn't feeling them. <laughs> talk about hashtag fail. And then you see Embiid subtweeting his own team on Twitter tonight. Talk about it. Yeah, that should be buckets. He's something else. <laughs> oh, my God, man. Uh, get, get, get it makes me sick a little bit, man. It makes me sick a little bit, man. Hey. I don't know. What the, I could see him trying to bolt to, to warmer pastures. <laughs> yeah. Who, uh, Embiid? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, we'll see what happens, man. I, I think I think they're going to keep that team together and try to do it for one more year. But the the, the end is near for Philadelphia for sure. Um, let's go to the phone. JJ from Brooklyn in the building. JJ, how you feeling, man? Yo, let's see. Dallas, what's good? How you guys doing? What's good, bro? All right. Chilling, man. Uh, yeah, so I'm just the draft. I'm just very torn on Vassell and Naismith because the thing that worries me most about Vassell is you know, we call them three and D, but the three, I'm not sure because there's so many games where there's not much volume there. Yeah, like volume. there's games where he took one or two or three three pointers. So I like to see a little more volume because the free throw percentage is low 70s. Right. So I'm just not 100% sold on him being this, you know, knockdown shooter. By Naismith, we know he's a legit sniper. So yeah. it's close, man. I think I know he's not a defender. Naismith, obviously that nowhere near what Vassell is, but I think if I had it through, I would go Naismith at eight, and then if we could, you know, obviously try and package a trade up from twenty-seven and get a Kira if he's there in the teens, or if we don't trade up, two guys that I really like. One is uh, Desmond Bain, mm-hmm. and then another is Tyrell Terry. If we could get one of those, I don't know if those guys will be there at twenty-seven. They may go a little bit before. So I'm trying to maybe, you know, if he could just trade up a little bit, I think that would be, you know, a smart thing. And then the other day, you know, I called about, and everyone's going crazy when I mentioned John Wall. So I'll take the L for that. I was just looking (laughs) to try and get another first-round pick, and, you know, next year's great draft. So I was just looking outside the box way, you know, take a bad contract. But I didn't know it was that awful. So Oh, yeah. yeah my it, bad. Oh, it's bad, <laughs> man. It's, JJ, are you are you in the yeah. chat by any chance? Don't let them catch you in the chat, man. Just don't let them know you're JJ from Brooklyn. Am I what? Chat. I said, are you in the <laughs> chat? Are you are you in the chat right now? Are you in the chat? Yeah, Get yeah. Up. Yeah, be careful in there, man. The chat was not happy about that John Wall comment, man. <laughs> Just don't let them know it's JJ from Brooklyn when you're typing, all right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yo, take it easy, man. Just John Wall for what is he? Forty five million? Yeah, yeah the, the last year is forty five million, bro. Forty five million, bro. And oh. but he's got like four years left, three, mm. four years left. It was crazy. Talking about a same old Knicks move. That's yeah. Move. No, no, no. Can't do that. Can't do that at all, man. Mm. Um, you know the the Nee Smith and Vassell comparison. Is um, it's interesting because obviously Neesmith, it, it, shot creation is a big difference between the two of them. You know, Neesmith is a guy that can do it on his own. Um, right. With Vassell, he, the, you're gonna maximize him as you get better at the point, mm-hmm. as, as the spacing gets better, as RJ gets better. So exactly. it's gonna take time. You know, Vassell's progress is is gonna come um, once the overall team you know, elevates. Whereas a knee Smith, it's a guy that, that can get it on his own. 
Exactly. And he could possibly, I mean, depending on who we get in this offseason, whether whether it's a backup or whether it's, it's, it's Fred Van Vliet or whatever we get, maybe we can see some of him shine this season if he's able to you know, have somebody set the table for him. But like you said, it it, it really depends on um, <clears throat> it depends on what direction the Knicks go in. And I, I, I actually like to sell as well, even though yeah. I'm, I'm team I'm team Kira still. I'm still team Kira. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, th- I think the question is, is just um, will, will they go up and get him at eight right now? We really don't know what the draft boards, what their draft board looks like. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, when you consider the fact that these guys are probably not going to get an opportunity to host individual workouts, a right. lot of what they're going to be relying on is Intel, you know, and, and here's where the relationship factor plays in. When you think about mm-hmm. Leon Rose, Walt Perrin, Scott Perry, mm-hmm. the work that he's hit him and his team have done. When you think about Kenny Payne and and obviously knowing about the Kentucky prospects, when you think about um, you know Alex Klein, those scouts and and all that, the relationships that they have, they're going to be relying on heavy intel in terms of how they're going to be evaluating these some of these prospects. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm I am I feel a little bit more at ease this year knowing that we have a guy like Will Perrin over here who's had made a a, a reputation out of outworking people. Um, year in and year out, and the evidence shows what from the work he's done with in Utah with uh, you know, acting up to get um to get down to the Mitchell. And mm-hmm. so I, I I feel more confident this year that we're gonna have we're gonna do well, CP. I'm hoping with with limited time, and even if there is no combine, I think we've done our homework so far. So hopefully it pays off for us. Yeah, hopefully it pays off, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. We got uh, 442 checking in on uh, the Knicks Fan TV side of things. So to everybody watching on Facebook as well, make sure you hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple super chats came in. JL's Michael Parker. Salute to Michael Parker. He says, uh, salute to CP and JL. Salute to Public Enemy Chuck D. Salute to the chat. One time for the mods. RIP to Chadwick Bozeman, John Thompson, and Cliff Robinson. Absolutely. Definitely agree. Um, Vlad sends us a $25 super chat. It's Blade Penderhughes in here. So I don't know if you remember Class Act, JL's movie Class Act. One of, one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. Kid and Play, definitely classic. But uh, so this, oh, yeah, this dude, Blade Penderhughes, he's, he's from the Twitter family. So appreciate that. that. Uh, we I... got Joe Collins in here. He sends a uh, $7 Canadian super chat. A. Okay. He, he says uh, Marcus Howard, <clears throat> undrafted Jen, but he still hashtag risk it all for Lamelo Ball. He's he's <laughs> all in on Lamelo, man. He's all in on Lamelo. What Ian Begley is saying is that yeah, they're still high on Lamelo. I just don't see them making anything crazy to go get him. Nah. I don't see that trade. I don't see it. We're, we're too low. We're too unless low. a miraculous slip happens. Which makes the trade a bit more cheap. Mm-hmm. I don't think they go for it. What's, What's the lowest? Like the lowest can he? Lowest he can slip was like four to me. I can't, and that's even that Yeah, point. and and even if he slips four to Chicago, I think they would still take him. Yeah, like what? Why would Chicago not use him? That doesn't make no sense for Chicago to. Yeah, I, I think Chicago would still Far take him. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So. You know, I'm 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 counting out uh, the the Lamelo stuff, but you never know. The stranger things have happened. Uh, but like I said on the on the last show, I think it's gonna come down to these five people. I think at eight, I think it's gonna come down to uh, Okoro, mm-hmm. Vassell, mm-hmm. Obi, mm-hmm. Halliburton, and Hayes. 
I think it's going to come down to those five people. You never know. Neesmith might be up there. Maybe Sadiq Bey's up there. We never know. This is just based off of, you know, the mocks that we're looking at and, and some of right. the, the analysis that we're looking at and the consensus there. I think it could come down between those five guys. I do think OB is a, is a contender that people are sleeping on for the simple fact that I think they're going to try to trade Randall. And uh, and even if they don't bring him back, you still have a guy in an OB that can stretch the floor. He can hit the three. He's he's an underrated passer. Defense yeah. stinks, but maybe Mitch can help cover some of that up, and, and maybe they get more out of him. Maybe Tibbs and Kenny Payne, you know, help him with his footwork and, and get him a bit more uh, active there on the defensive end. You never know, but I, I still think OB, OB is uh, – is in play. I like, I do like Obi. I still want to go point guard, but I do like Obi. And if we do, especially if we move Randall, because, because the, the value in Obi is stretching the four and the passing. And, and I do feel like he, you know, having a stretch four just opens up so much for everybody else. And I think he can do that, especially the passing, the passing. I know the three point shooting is there, but the passing from Obi from, as you see the top of the key, the alley-oops, that's, that's a huge asset to have from a big man. Yeah. I would, so, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if Obi was a Nick for sure. I wouldn't sleep. That's all I'm saying. I, I wouldn't sleep on it. Um, but I think it's going to come down to those five guys. So let, let's see what happens. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to Edward from Jersey City. Edward, how you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing all right. Thank you guys for taking my call. And uh, once again, you guys are doing a great job. It's a great show. Um, so about the uh, the draft and the eighth pick, um, I actually think they're, um, you know, I know the, our history hasn't been great with the eighth pick, but I, you know, I just kind of feel that we definitely, um, we have like a good team in place to actually make a good pick this year. And there seems to be some promising guys, you know. Uh, you never know, you know. Um, it seems like that, you know, there's guys people are sleeping on. It seems like a lot of people are definitely sleeping on this kid, uh, uh, Vassell and also Neesmith. And hopefully, uh, one of those guys will be available at the eighth pick. And I think, you know, um, I have a feeling one of them is definitely going to work out in the league. And so, uh, regardless of what happens, I think we're going to be fine, uh, at this position. And I kind of really hope, I think my dream scenario is if, uh, Obi Toppin falls to it, but, you know, I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, but you know, that's you know, that's really what I have uh, right now. Okay, Th- thank, thanks right. for the call, man. Thanks for the call. Listen, the flexibility is not a bad thing to have. You know, especially if you consider that, from what the experts say, that this draft is 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 uh, you know, there's, just, there's there's a lot of similarities as you go deeper into the draft. You know, there's no one that's really setting themselves above the rest outside of maybe the top exactly. three. It's it's evident by the conversations that we're having, man, because I don't know if I remember having a bunch of people just yelling out like five, six or seven different names yeah. <laughs> for the A spot. I mean, I remember last year, but most people wanted um most people were kind of had a consensus of who they wanted at that spot. And it, I mean, I not, not last year with RJ, I'm sorry, the year before that. Knox. Yeah, before before Knox, I was saying the cow most the cow, yeah. It was like one or two names. It was a couple miles. It was a couple miles in there. A couple of miles. I was Miles. Yeah, was I was Macal. Right. Maybe there was some SGAs. I'm trying to go back to like some of our older episodes. Maybe some SGAs. Right. Um, but now I don't lot. think anybody really thought MPJ was going to slip. Nobody knew that until yeah, the day of. Exactly. This year, it's like five or six people in that A spot. And that tells you 
what this talent pool is doing. Everything is so everybody's so clustered together. You just don't know. You have no <laughs> idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea, man. So to everybody in the chat, hit that thumbs up on free boys. Zilla ZGM sends a super chat. He says, I take John Wall if they give us the years this year and next year's first round pick in which we could package it and get LaMelo or draft smart and stack. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Raw Hebrew Remnant says, hey, I hope that Intel is not from the Knicks. Don't like either of those guys. Free Wooten. (laughs) (laughs) That's another thing, man. Like, we have these young guys down there that we haven't even touched that that could probably possibly fill a role for us. We don't even know what Wooten can do. We don't even know what Peters can do. We don't even know what Harper can do. Kenny's on a two-way, but uh, he's a center. You know, he's a five. And let's be real, outside of a shot blocking and finishing, what is what is he that what does he really bring? You know, he's got to get developed still. So you never know. You never know. And again, I, I wouldn't put too much stock in the twenty seventh and the thirty eighth pick, right? I, I, again, you're looking for guys that can fill a role, right? You, you're not relying on these guys to 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 help carry a team as much as maybe the eighth pick. So you know, to take a fly out there, take a fly on a guy that you think you can develop into something, and see what happens. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping he don't sleep on Lamar Peters, man. Don't sleep I don't even know if he's gonna be on the roster. I don't think so either because when you, when you bring in your own backup point guard from Phoenix, I kind of yeah. Me. I think the Harper thing kind of killed that already. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it killed it, but I want to see them battle. I want to see them battle in like a, a training training camp, camp battle. Yeah, I want to see that for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, de- definitely, man. Salute to um, DJ's man, Hampton VA in the building, 757. If you guys are new in the chat, leave us a hashtag new. We'll shout you guys out. Who else we got in here? Simmons singing here, Michael Maldonado. We got uh, Andre Ricardo Bryant. Mm-hmm. Bryce Bomberg, what's going on? Who you, who you got in your chat, Shales? Uh, John Delento, uh, my cousin, Winston Ellis. Shout out to you. All right, uh, all right. Julian Tran. Mo White, got some hashtag Oldham here. Don Don, Gregory Lee, shout out to you guys, man. Thanks for representing. Absolutely. Okay, let's, uh, who else we got in the chat here? Here we go. We haven't heard from this guy in a while, man. I thought Jay was going to call in on lottery night. We didn't hear from him. Jay, what's going on, man? Talk to us, bro. How you feeling right now? Hey, man. I'm just trying to survive out here with this Halliburton, man. I'm, I'm here in Halliburton. I'm trying to survive. But my main thing, bro, you got to pick Cole Anthony. Right? Y'all got to hear me out. He could shoot. He create off the off the dribble. He could pass a little bit. He ain't no great passer. But that's was a mystery, bro. That's was a mystery. Okoro's a mystery. We know what Cole Anthony is, man. You got Johnny Bryant. You got Cassidy that can really develop him. Just pick Cole, man. Just pick cold call of the day, bro. Yeah, I mean, look, huh? I would I would say this. I would say this, bro. I'm 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 with Jay in that what he's saying is I don't think Vassell's a mystery. I just think he's safe. I'm not really trying to go safe, Jay Ellis. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to roll the dice. You know what I mean? I'm trying to roll the dice on this thing. Because if if it seems like from what I've you know, from the people you talk to, it seems like the draft, the depth is at the wing position. And so, if you can go down and maybe get a Tyler Bay or you see what this guy Water could do, I'd rather roll the dice on some upside, bro, at at eight. You you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Look at Booker. They they picked Booker at 15, 
or 13 when we came out and they picked Jamal Murray at seven. Why did they slip? They out here dominating the bubble. Why do Jamal Murray and Booker slip? It's the same situation with Cole Anthony. Oh, he he can't. He's not gonna be like Jamal Murray. We don't know that, but we gotta take the upside because he got the tools. He came out. He was number four in November on ESPN Big Board, all the way up in number four. I think it was Wiseman, Anthony, Melo, and 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 Cole. Just pick Cole, man. We we kind of we trying to get through cute. Pick Cole. <laughs> if he's trash, it'll be another trash draft pick on top of our stash. You know what I'm saying? To go with Knox and, and Frank and all these trash plays that we got. At least we got to take the risk. That's how I see it. All right. I appreciate the call, man. Hey, I'm kind of with Jay, man. I, again, I don't know if I don't know if he's yeah, I don't man, know if he's on their board at eight. I don't know where they have Cole Anthony, but if he's close, I think I would I would go that route, bro. I think we need to roll the dice, man. We, I'm we I'm, I'm going Kira, man. Some, roll the dice on some upside. I'm still going Kira, dog. I'm going Kira. Similar I wouldn't mind either one. Going similar size. He got the speed to break down the defense. Uh, Ferrari like speed can can whip the pass out to the corner threes. And have a uh, RJ secondary play create. I'm going with Kira, man. And he can shoot a little bit, shoot shoot the mid range, shoot the, the three point shot. I'm going with Kira, man. I'm going with Kira. I, I wouldn't mind either one, bro. I'd be up for either one. We need a point guard badly. You look at what Jamal Murray's doing in the tournament right now, going yeah. absolutely ballistic. I, I think Jamal, it, that that might be uh, you know bubble aided, but yeah. <laughs> But still, yo, he's, I mean, I'm talking about skill set now. What you know? Skillset, no, 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 no. Well, I know what you mean. Um, you know, yeah, he's not a pure point. Is Cole Anthony a pure point? No, but uh, again, there's certainly a need for that skill set as well, man. Certainly a need for that skill set. And like I said, I think people are selling him short. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible that uh, the teammates he had on his team dropped his value, and that he's better than he showed. But uh, I'm still going to care safer. For me and and I know I know the speed is there and that's not going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I hear you again <clears throat> with Vassell again with Vassell, uh, Okoro. You want to talk about Bay? Listen, the wing defense you need that again. Look at all if you look at our division: Kevin Durant, Siakam, yeah. Ben Simmons, right? Uh, uh, um, who's my guys at Boston? Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I mean, you got some dogs on the wing, man. Don't don't sleep like. You, you got to be able to defend because that's going to be the bulk of your schedule. Um, so that, that, that the, the need for the wing is definitely there. Now, is it at eight? Do they go for that at eight or can they get that somewhere else in the draft? Right. Or free agency. Right. That's, that's the big question. Cause if it's not at eight, then you have to get it from free agency. I don't know if anybody, I'm not sure. Is anybody under that spot who can really, and pass you on defense, it's not going to be a super liability on offensive end. Right. It's an interesting debate, man. Yeah, that's, that's a thing. You might have to just get a 3 and D guy on the free market. <laughs> it's an interesting debate. You're still going to have to staff that position and be mm-hmm. able to defend it because I don't, I don't think Kevin's going to do it. Nope. Do they bring back Mook? <laughs> uh, yeah. Are, are, are we bringing up uh, Iggy? Iggy, you know? I don't think Iggy's not going to uh, defend that way. He's not a defender, bro. You know, yeah. he's a bench guy. We need somebody that can start. Absolutely. So, we need everything. That's the thing. We're, we're not going to solve all our problems in this draft, right? So, again, go with the upside. We got the development coaches in the house. 
Maybe Johnny Bryan does what does what he did with, with the Spider and Dame. You know, maybe he brings the most out of Cole Anthony. Who knows? Roll it. Roll I can that see, dice, Hales. I can see the Knicks going Cole Anthony, even though I'm going Kier. Just be, just from the from the, the tea leaves where you yeah. hear that the Knicks were doing extensive extensive homework. intel. Right. right. When you when you hear extensive, you're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, legitimately, we, the only people hyping Kier Lewis are the fans. Let's be real. We haven't heard anything from the Knicks side. Whether they interviewed him or that they're high on him, right? But we yeah. have heard Cole Anthony. They have we ha- we know they've interviewed Killian Hayes. I mean, yeah, Killian right. Hayes. Right. We know that we know that they're high on Lamelo. Right. We heard we heard how you even. Yeah. You know so. OBCAA, so CAA Mafia. If you believe in the CAA Illuminati, he's a, he's a possibility. Right. Vassell is also CAA. Right. So you add all that together. I I think mean, I like personally like Kyrie, but I haven't heard anything about him, so I'm not even sure yeah. if that's on the radio or not. Not even sure. So uh, again, let's see what happens. But let's see what my guy Frank from Colorado thinks. Frank, what's going on, man? What's going on, CP? Come on, CP. How you doing? Good, bro. How, how you feeling about the eighth pick? Man, CP, I've been I've been I've been hitting you up on Twitter, telling you, man, we ain't gonna make that selection, bro. Frank said it's good as gone. That joint was going to Houston, Indiana, Oklahoma City, or Portland. I'm telling you right now, the Knicks ain't taking the selecting that pick. They're going to do what they do. They're going to talk themselves into one of these guys. And I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm just saying that's what I think James Dolan wants. I don't think you bring – I told you last time I was on here, I don't think you bring – Leon Rose in here, uh, and Tom Thibodeau, 60-year-old Tom Thibodeau, to sit here and lose games next year. I don't think that. And the pressure that Brooklyn is going to apply on the Knicks situation, uh, I, think, I think, listen, again, that's not, it's not something that I would do. I just think that that's what they're going to do. And, and also, one more thing. If we are going to select H, listen, man, we got to get a full – we just got to get a starter out of this draft, man. We cannot play no games here. I, yeah. I don't even care if, if the guy right after us is a star. Cole Anthony has all this upside. We need a full-fledged starter. No more Frank Nilekinis, no more Kevin Knoxes, no more projects, man. But I, but I don't even think they're going to make the pick. I think Indiana, I think you already saw Jonathan Macri. I think put something out today. Yeah. The rumors are starting, bro. I'm telling you. The pick will be traded. That's my prediction. I hear you, man. Appreciate the call, Frank. And and but the, so what he's referring to, Jails, is that um, you know Jonathan Macri, next friend of school, friend of the program, so to Macri, um, Oladipo, Oladipo hmm. is supposedly unhappy with the Pacers, and there's speculation that that he'll want to get traded. Hmm. Um. Okay. Couple things, right? He's a free. He's gonna be a free agent after next season. Right. I don't see the point. And I definitely wouldn't trade the eighth pick for him. That's not happening. Right. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I probably would if if he was extended. I, the only thing is, I mean, I would, I would think about it. Only thing is, I don't know how he's, he hasn't been really the same, though. But exactly. That's the, that's the, <laughs> that's like, the point. That's the like that. That's it's a gamble. Point. It's a gamble. So it's like that. That's the point. I'm not trading for him, and then you got to pay him on a on a torn thigh, muscle quad. 
Sorry, bro. Not yeah, I retract that. I retract that. I'm sorry. I retract. He hasn't been the same guy. Like, I really want to see how he plays before I pony up some assets for a guy who just came off a major surgery. Major injury. Major injury. The only way I would do it is this. And this and this is the point that Macri had made uh in the newsletter as well. If you can buy low. And he he came up with some crazy low offer that I don't think Indiana would even do. But if you would be able to buy low and you're at the point where he ups his value during the season where you could pull off a mook trade, then I think it's it's worth your while. You know, I mean, if 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 you're able to net another first out of him, you know, out of his first half play. How do you buy low on a guy who was that good two years ago? Like, uh, yeah, is, is are they going? I mean, there might be some leverage. There's sometimes some leverage when a star wants out and everybody knows it. Sometimes it can drive down the price. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you add injury to it, I guess it can help us out a little bit more. But man, you <laughs> it seems like a pipe dream right now, but I, yeah. I'll wait and see. I, I, I'm I want no parts of it, bro. I'm good. I'll start from scratch. Mm. I'm good. I'm good. Free agency no comes. Free agency comes and he's available. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, again, what are you again, the, the timelines don't match. The timelines don't match for when the Knicks will be ready to actually do something respectable. By the time you get to that point, he's over 30. More mileage on a leg that already has a torn quad, bro. No, I'm good. Start from scratch. Start over. Start mm. over. I I just I wouldn't touch it. I wouldn't touch it. Twenty. He's twenty seven now. Okay. He's twenty seven now. Next season, you would say twenty eight. And then you uh, got to sign him to a four year deal. Four year deal. Depending on how his injury is going, if he's recovering, you would say a four year deal is not bad because then he's thirty two. You're. 32, you're not over the hill. You're still kind of, you know, prime. Maybe start declining at 32, 33. Yeah. So that's, depending on how the next season goes with him, that's not bad if if he is returning to uh, kind of what he was before. That's pretty good, actually. I mean, I still, I still, I kind, that kind of works out. I feel like that works it's out a big if. It's a that big works if. out, CP. That, that, timeline does, that timeline works out, CP. I don't mind. like it. That timeline works out. That timeline works out. A timeline works out if he's like good. It, bro. 27, 28, 29, 30, 30. He's not like super duper old. You know what I mean? With with that injury like that, I think he is. It's a torn quad, man. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> We're talking about, that's what I'm saying. You see what that's what I'm saying. You see what he does. You think you he's going to get more explosive at 31? It's it's so he's 27 cool. now. He's prime right now. 27, 26. Bro, it's, a, it's a torn quad, man. I'm out like Shark Tank. I'm out, man. <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> Let me see what he do. Let me see if he can dunk. Let me see how he plays. Let me see his percentage. Oh man, good dude though. Good dude. I, I had a chance to meet him um last year, September time. Him and his manager. He's a good dude. He was out here in New York too, matter of fact. So, um, yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, I'm waiting to see. You you're saying no? I'm waiting to see. I would say I would say let me see the price first, but more than likely no. I would say more than likely no. I'm waiting to see. I'm not all the way out. I'm waiting to see. Uh, so to everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Remember, tonight's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. 
The Clippers and the Nugget Shales have a chance to meet in the playoffs, and the good people at Manscaped are telling you that you must protect your Nuggets, and that's by using the Lawnmower 3.0, man. State-of-the-art design, ceramic blade, skin-safe technology to keep you safe. Uh, LED light, waterproof as well, and wireless extended battery life, man. This this is the tool right here for number one men's grooming tool for sure. And uh, once you guys get off that quarantine, man, you go out on your date. Before you step outside, fellas, make sure you trim the lawn. Make sure you take care of yourself down there. And uh, for our viewers tonight, we are giving you 20% off plus free shipping. Go to www.manscaped.com, promo code NYX. To get your offer, that's www.manscaped.com, promo code NYX for 20% off plus free shipping. All right, a couple more call sales before we wrap up. Um, so tell everybody in the chat, once again, hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Mm-hmm. Couple things before we get to the call sales, uh, the return of Mike Woodson. Has been finalized. The Knicks yeah. have. Um, it seems like the, the the coaching staff has been finalized. Mike Woodson um, <clears throat> is making his return. In addition, the Knicks will also be adding Andy Greer, and this next guy's name is Daisuke Yashimoto. Yeah, Daisuke Yashimoto. Yeah, two guys that were. With Tom Thibodeau in his previous stints. I think Andy Greer was actually an assistant coach with the Knicks from 2001 to 2003. And mm-hmm. and he was also with Tibbs in Chicago as well as Minnesota. Right. And Yashimoto, I think he's known to be kind of like the video coordinator, video analyst. And also mm-hmm. been with Tibbs. For a while, but um, the big the big acquisition is Woodson, man, and and Woodson is joining Kenny Payne and Johnny Bryant on the staff, and so this is an interesting decision of Woodson. You know, he 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 wanted to come back and finish business, but I, yep. I think I think he's he's coming back to be a teacher, man. I, I like this move by Woodson. What do you think? Yeah, I like it, man. He's he's at the time where he just like I just want to come back to New York by any means necessary. I don't care if I'm the third, fourth, fifth assistant down the line. I'm rocking, and I, I got to admire it, man. And I said this before. Um, they've talked about Woodson on this show when we did the some some interviews with Raymond Felton and Chief Wallace. He's a guy who can give you that tough love, but also has a soft voice and has yes. voice. So hopefully, he can be a buffer for Tom Thibodeau if he gets you know a little ahead of himself with the. With the cursing and the, yeah. <laughs> and the tough love, so hopefully he can help bridge that gap, and maybe he'll have some influence, or you know, the Knicks shooting some more threes and and even some player personnel since he's had some success with that with the Knicks early before in his career. Yeah, it's interesting. Gonna be interesting to see what what his role is gonna be. Right? Is he gonna be the offensive coordinator? We didn't we didn't think about that. We were always thinking on the defensive side of the ball, but uh, maybe he comes in and and helps institute the the system on the offensive end obviously we we know what the Knicks take team did uh behind the three-point line they obviously had the horses to do so but they, they mm-hmm. were a team that was that they were at the top of the league and three points made three-point percentage and attempts so we'll, we'll see what uh what what's his role is with the team but as you said I think it's important to to kind of have that yin and the yang that balance right on the coaching staff uh because you know Tibbs is going to bring it and and so it's it's good to have 
uh, Woodson here to kind of, you know, balance things out, but still be respected, still be a respected voice in, in now, the locker room. Yo, it's interesting, CP, when I read up on all these assistants, the top ones, all of them have something in common. Um, they all seem like they would kick your ass. Like, if you read into all the, everybody from, from, from Johnny Bryan to Kenny Payne, all of them have this reputation of working the hell out of you. Yeah, these because they're going to put in work. They're going to yeah. put in work. So these young guys, if it was sweet these last few years, uh, babe, it's going to be uh, it's going to be a complete different yeah. atmosphere this season, man. They're going to work. I would not be surprised if some young guys crack or... <laughs> For real. <laughs> Seriously. I don't know if DHJ is going to be here or not because I don't, I don't know if he kind of responds well to that type of coaching is not going to be for the final hot this year. I'll tell you that factuals factuals. Um, now one person that won't be back with the team is, um, the director of performance Mubarak Malik, AKA bar. Yeah. He was there with the team for seven years and he had this to say on Instagram. He said today marks the end of my chapter. I resigned mm-hmm. from my dream job. Been there for seven years, blah, 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 blah. But here's 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 what's funny. He says, I've I've grown by working with one of the most prestigious sports teams in the world, but no what? Question mark, question mark. No one can question my tireless work ethic, my daily pursuit of excellence to be the best I could be, so that I could be the best to serve the team or take away the impact I've made in the NBA in such a short period of time. And that's hmm. why I'm at peace with my decision. Huh. Is he talking to someone? Who's he talking to right there, bro? Yeah. That sounds like a subtweet. Or that, a, sound, that sound like a little shade. That does you know sound I mean? like a little two o'clock shade. Yeah, yeah, like a little joint. You know what I mean? Like the little yeah. ones that you have in the, like the backseat of the window, the child window. Like a yeah. little. Yeah. For sure. It sounded like a little dart was thrown there. I don't, you know. Nobody can tell me what I did. My Yeah. Huh. <laughs> very, very interesting. You know, listen, when every regime comes in, they want to bring in their new people. He probably got, you know, he's probably sour grapes there. Felt like he wanted to continue and, and they probably didn't want to bring him back. So maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he was. Maybe it wasn't by choice or right. maybe they wanted him back in a lesser role. And he was like, screw this. I'm just going to be out. Yeah. I, more kind of a la Mike Miller. Who knows if he'll be back or not? That's right. That's right. So, you know, sounded like there was a little sour grapes there in the end, but all right. Good good luck to him. Mm-hmm. Good good luck to him. Well, wherever his uh, next destination will be. All right. Let's go back to the phones. Last call of the night, JL. So let's go to um, Vlad from New York. Vlad, how you feeling, bro? Yo, CP, what's up, man? How you Brand doing, new man? listener. Long time. Yeah, yo, long-time Knicks fan, yo. Hopefully I'm coming through clear, man. It's dope that y'all got a space for us to kind of, you know what I mean, get on here and talk, man. So salute to you and everything that you're doing, man. But, yo, that's me, man, on Twitter, yo, Blade Penderhues. But, yo, first and foremost, man, y'all got to stop being scared, man. Stop being scared, yo, because that's what we've been doing for a little too long. Number one, we got to go for either Obi Toppin or LaMelo Ball. If we can't get LaMelo Ball, we got to go for Obi Toppin because I think that he – he got the full package. We got Mitch down low with him so he can make up for whatever it is. And other than that, man, if we're going to go the point guard route, there's too many other point guards that we could reach for and see what happens, man, whether we trade up and acquire Trey Jones or if we could go for Tyrese Maxey. 
or one of those players, man. But I'm definitely with my man Jay from New York, too, man. I think that we should go for Cole Anthony. If we could leave the draft with Cole Anthony and Obi, yeah, I'll be happy. I'll be happy with that. I pre- appreciate the call, man. Well, uh, that's that's a tough draft, bro. I don't, think, do I don't think I don't think that's gonna. I don't, well, for sure they're not gonna be trading, you know, to make it to make that happen. But um, well, actually, actually, you never know, bro. You never know yeah. if if they feel like if if Cole is dropping into the twenties, and they're able to package twenty seven and thirty eight, maybe you know it's not not at it not impossible. I feel like twenty seven thirty eight and what? Cause I feel like it has to be. You gonna trade? You gonna trade three picks for for Cole Anthony? No, I mean like a young like I don't know, a young piece. I don't know, a young piece. We have no young pieces. <laughs> the team. Stinks. I mean, we got. Oh, <laughs> you gotta send him Jared Harper to two eight contract. Yeah, there you Nobody go. Nobody wants man. any more players, man. I don't know, man. We stink. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm, I'm, I'm pontificating. I don't I think 27 and 38 is going to have you move up seven spots. That seems. Uh, yeah. It's tough. I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. see it. Like I said, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. But uh, anything's possible still. But I, I think it's a low possibility, but anything's possible. <clears throat> um, Let's get Patrick in here. Patrick from New York wants to talk draft. Patrick, what's going on, man? Yo, what's going on, fellas? What's good, bro? Um, Long-time Knicks fan. Thanks for having me out here. All right. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I mean, you know, I hear a lot of the Cole Anthony. I'm, I really, I really want Lamelo Ball, but I, I think like Jay Ellis said, man, Kara Lewis, man, he, 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 he's something else, man. That, that speed, the way he changed directions, boy can shoot. I'm like, if you're gonna take a chance in a point guard, why not him? Because I mean, Obi Toppin, he nice, but. He remind me of Stoudemire. If you don't got a point guard that could pass it to him, you know what I'm saying? I, I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. And I, and I was thinking, like, earlier, I was talking about who, uh, for, for like, for the three, I was thinking about, which I think is about bringing Justin Holiday back and having R.J. slot to the three. Yeah, that was another name. That was another name we were hearing. Appreciate the call, Patrick. Um, that was another name we were hearing, J.L., is that they're very high on, yeah. on uh Justin Holiday, um, I liked him. I liked him. Listen, I thought people were killing me a couple of years ago when they gave Ron Baker the bag, and I was like, "Why don't you just bring Justin Holiday back?" And all the stat warriors were trying to kill me, talking about, "Oh, look at his free his field goal percentage." Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, "Yo, we should we should have never let this guy walk." What are you talking about, dude? We bought yeah, we let him walk. We signed uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. And I was like, what about Justin Allen? I was tight in Justin Walker. I felt like he did have a solid season. Yo, we signed Ron Baker to $4 million a year. And Justin Holiday that year, I'm going to tell you right now, that same year, Justin Holiday signed with the Bulls for, I'll tell you this right now. Nothing too. It was nothing. He signed a multi-year deal with the Bulls for the same amount. <clears throat> nothing. Yeah. Same amount, same amount, four million. Four million. Yeah, and shot decently, thirty five percent from three that year. Last year he shot forty forty percent. So it's yeah. like, so it's like you, the defense is still there, the three point shooting is up five percent to forty percent, which brings you into that elite, you know, kind of shooting level. Even though he doesn't take a lot of threes, only one point eight. So he's kind of like a, he's like a little, he's like a cheap. 3-and-D option guy, not yeah. a high-value shooter, but he's, he'll get the job done. Yeah, I wouldn't look at him as a starter. I would look at him as a bench piece, but a quality bench piece. I would look at him as a, as a quality bench piece. Um, yeah. 
Or you could just bring back Dotson, bro. <laughs> yeah. We could always just free I mean, Dot. We could just do that. <laughs> we could always just free Dot, you know. So uh interesting call. We we'll appreciate the call. Patrick. Uh, let me shout out some super chats. Let's see. Um Siobhan Robinson says I'm hearing whispers Alonzo coming to New York. What do you think about that, Jails? Lonzo to New York. I don't hate it. I mean, I don't hate it. He got his three-point shooting up to something we sorely needed. Uh, he's, he's, he's definitely a point guard. Yeah. Didn't play well in the bubble. But, you know, that's the bubble. Yeah. I, I'll take the I'll take the season-long average he's had over the eight games he had in the bubble. So, I, I'm not mad. I'm not that's mad at Depending on the price. I dig it. Delsky says, um, would it make sense to send a package to Philly surrounding Mitch and Randall for Embiid and draft Obi? I, I would say Philly's not taking that. Um, I don't think they're actively going to trade Embiid or Simmons. I don't think so. Bro. <clears throat> no, I mean, that's why they got rid of the coach so they can try one more. Yeah, try I one. think they're going to try try again. You know, Elton Brand's job is, is, is riding on that. I don't think they're going to rebuild just yet. Um... Supreme Stream says, take OB at 8, trade Randall 27, DSJ to the Nets for Spencer Dinwiddie. Nets may need salary cap relief. For who? Dinwiddie. To the Knicks? Yeah. They would, they're not, Knicks and Nets aren't making any trades. No. that I mean, no. Yeah. No. No. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would like to see I would like to see KD trade Dinwiddie after he recruited him to the Nets. That would be the ultimate sacrifice. That would be funny. Just not to us, because that's just like I can't. I can't, yo. It's like this new NBA mentality where this guy just trashes you for like three years and now you're like begging him to be on your team. I just yeah. can't get that. I, I would love to see it, man. I would definitely love to see it. But um we'll see what's up, bro. But yeah, definitely um great show, everybody. Great show. Another solid one in the books. Salute to Chuck D for uh, coming on and uh, sharing some words on the great John Thompson jails. Salute to yeah, Chuck man. D for, for doing that. And, yeah. and uh, definitely good to be back on with you guys. JLS, I'm going to swing it over to you. And let, let's wrap it up, bro. All right, man. Salute, salute. Uh, definitely check out some episodes of the Nick and Tom Show on YouTube. Had a pretty good episode. Last episode about guy Jake in the paint. So definitely check that out. Also check out the blog at nickatimeshow.com. And yeah, stay tuned. New episodes will be dropping very soon in a couple of days. Definitely look out for that. Uh, yeah, that's all. Back to you, Super. All right. Great job once again, bro. And um, salute to everybody in the chat for joining us. Once again, this show is brought to you by Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. On your lawnmower 3.0 and all packages, promo code NYX. Remember, this show is available in audio podcast format, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Stitcher, and Google Play as well. Get your merch right below this video description. Get your NYX Fan TV merch as well. And remember, hit that thumbs up button for the boys. Hit that share button. Very important. Definitely appreciate all of the super chats that come in. We use that to cover our overhead and continue to grow this channel. This is a grassroots movement. Uh, but we understand that these are hard times as well. So for those of you that can contribute, hit that thumbs up button. Hit that share button. Leave a comment in the chat. Leave a comment on the video. That is how you contribute to the show. 
for free, but it continues to help us grow. Trust me, these things go a long way. So please continue to get involved. Continue to bring in more fans, Knicks fans, NBA fans, doesn't matter. Because this is the number one show for the fans, by the fans. So once again, man, salute to all the mods. TM, Dave, Keith, Sinclair. Make sure you guys join our mailing list as well, man. We're getting the website going. Definitely want to make sure that we capture all of your contact information offline so that we stay in communication. So make sure that you fill out the mailing list. That's all the links are in the video description for everything that you need. And uh, Dale, so you want to shout out? Yo, shout out to John Talento, Gregory Lee. Shout out to Easy Money. Shout out to Sherwin M. Uh... Shout out to Delano, man. Delano still always repping with Harper. Shout out to Mike Murphy, Don Don. Uh, yeah, everybody, man. Julian Tran, everybody who represents KOT and Knicks fan TV. Shout out to you guys. Yes, sir. John Talento, appreciate it. Prana, appreciate it. George Jones, another great one. Hit that thumbs up button for you boys. Raw Hebrew Remnant, definitely appreciate it. Will Rose, uh, my guy Alex Trataro, Satratacast in the building. The Shells, appreciate it as always. Michael Maldonado, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, man, check you guys later on this week. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.